2: hey everybody welcome to another episode of craft brewed sports i'm mike with me as always my man scott it's Root sports. It's time to tap that keg of sports knowledge, Mike. You pump out for <laughs> deal, yeah. <laughs> Scott, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, buddy. How you doing? Oh, great! This is the episode I've been waiting for since we started talking about doing the podcast. I'm super we pumped for this, this one. We teased this
1: in the very
2: first the episode. F- yeah, first episode. <laughs> We're going
1: to do that eventually. Eventually. Eventually <laughs> turned into
2: what four months now? Where yeah. Are? Well, that, you know that's how it goes in podcast world sometimes. Yeah but I'm happy. We're excited. We've built up so much suspense for an episode that 75% of our listeners don't even care about the topic. And most
1: of them (laughs) didn't even listen to episode one, so I have no idea what the hell we're
2: talking about. Right, right. So but this is this is the baseball episode, everybody. Yay, the baseball episode. Uh, if you have been listening, you know that Scott and I are both big baseball fans. It is our our favorite sport. And uh, if you're not
1: baseball fans, you just turned us off. So yeah, right.
2: thanks thanks for listening for the one minute. We listen, still get credit. Listen, if people tuned in for the hockey episode, they're gonna stick around for the baseball episode. I hope. Good thing is we're doubling down on the baseball episode. Yes, <laughs> this is going to be
1: our very first craft sports.
2: Two-part two episode. Parter. This is part one of, uh, of the baseball episode. So
1: if you hate baseball, you're going to really hate baseball <laughs> after the next two hours.
2: We maybe should have waited to, so that they were like, well, at least we got the baseball episode out of the way. And then the next week, they're like, fuck another one? <laughs> Those sons of bitches. <laughs> Assholes. Well, Scott, we, uh, we have a guest on the show today. We certainly you do. You brought in the big guns for the baseball episode. Yeah, we
1: brought in a professional. <laughs> professional. My man, Grant Wrights. Redlegs Nation. He's a good friend of mine. We interned at Channel 9 together and he's here today to break down baseball. Grant, how you doing, bud?
3: Good. I thought wait, this isn't the Pokemon Go podcast. Am I in the wrong room? No,
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, I had to bring that up, didn't you?
2: That's still a thing. That didn't go away yet. Damn, dude. Wait, that's our uh that's our next episode or our next podcast. Like we're going to have to do it. that's our spin-off. This is the Pokemon Poke- that was, Go was I was a episode. Pokemon
3: kid like for, like all the way as a child, but I cannot get into it as I'm already distracted enough I was on my phone is just for Twitter, purely Twitter. <laughs> I don't even have, dude, I don't even have Snapchat, and I, I, I just have Twitter, and I still think I'm too distracted, wow. so I, I can't even get into Pokemon. I, hear I all don't the, even understand. I hear Snapchat. all the
2: Pokemon go down in the I was DMs, softball. So. I was so- softball.
3: I was at Softball last night, and guys are like on their phones in the middle of the, innings like with, the with the app, the Pokemon Go app. Or are whatever. you serious? They're, and it's open, and it's like I'm seeing Pokeballs going. I'm like, guys... That's crazy. That's unacceptable. That's absolutely. That's ridiculous. man card loss, as far as I'm concerned.
1: I, I don't. I don't care who you are. I, I don't. I don't. I, I missed Pokemon. as I was too old for it, Mike. You know, same yep. boat. Too old for Pokemon the first time around, and definitely too old for it the second time around. I don't understand
2: no it. Uh, uh, I can't get into it. But Grant, we're glad you're here, man. We're glad you. Uh, you got through all the Pokemon to get here. So no, it was, yeah, I it was you a tough coming. sled, but I made it. Yeah,
3: I appreciate you guys having me on, and excited to talk some hardball for sure. Yeah, no, we so, appreciate you coming on, man.
2: So let us let me ask you this question, Grant. Uh, let's start off. Who's your team when it comes to baseball? You write for the Reds. or did you grow up? A Reds fan?
3: Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in uh, Westchester. Okay, so about twenty-five miles north-ish of the city. Um, yeah, my my family actually has season tickets in some form of another dating back to the 50s. So Crosley oh, Field style, so, yeah. Nice. I actually found that out pretty recently um, cuz my uncle has a pretty big package of season tickets. I was like, "When did this start? Like when did, did you inherit this or whatever?" And it's like 50s. I was like, "Yeah, so Jeez. half century plus." I did, so I didn't even know that about you. Oh, no, I didn't I, I didn't know that about me until about, that. <laughs> until about two weeks ago. So yeah, it was really interesting. Um so yeah, following the Reds diehard, I was the type of kid that Woke up like 40 minutes earlier than he needed to uh, in the morning at grade school, so we could catch like a full sports center. Back when sports center was cool to watch. Oh, but yes, <laughs> I was one of those kids <laughs> too. Yep. Saw and and you know Rich Eisen and all that on all that gang. So poured through the box scores and everything. So and then it was the sport I was definitely best at growing up too, which helped. So
1: what so, was your position?
3: Uh, I got I grew up playing second base, but then I got moved nice. to outfield just because I was quicker and my arm wasn't the greatest. Even though you don't really need the great arm, I guess. That's why base, I played second base. Because I couldn't make the throw. All from right, short. so we're, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're a round of second so. baseman here. Because yeah, I was yeah.
2: just going to say,
1: I played second base in right field. Because I couldn't make the throw. But I was, you know, good enough to get to the ball right. at either position. Yeah. Plus, it's all the same from that vantage point of second base on right field. Right. Yeah. So I think they just stick the kids yeah. there that they didn't want to kick off the team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like making the last cut. Oh, you're
2: little, you're fast, you're a second baseman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Grant, is it tough being a, a lifelong Reds fan? Is it hard to to write objectively about them? Like, I feel like if I were to write about the Reds now, most of the columns I'd write would just end in vulgarities and, like, being pissed <laughs> off. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the editor's not going right. to like that one. <laughs> right. It's
3: actually really not for me because I've been a journalist in some form or another or a sports writer or whatever term, I guess, you could bestow upon me since I was roughly 16. So I've kind of learned to separate, you know, the the subjective from the objective, pretty early on. So it's easy for me to be like, like for example, the red season this year has been obviously very hard to, to watch. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, and maybe it's because I prepared myself going into it was like, all right, rebuild, whatever. I've pretty much been able to remain emotionally detached, and as far as like from getting upset night to night, or or just kind of having my viewpoint distorted just by one game, or just even just like big picture, big picture, and that kind of ties back and I think back to. Being a journalist is and kind of removing yourself from the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like kind of, and maybe it was a struggle at first. I guess when I first started writing, Reds kind of more feverishly and more regularly. But after a while, it becomes second nature. It's one of the difficulties. No, it's
1: funny that you asked that question, Mike, because I actually find that that's kind of what we talked about a long time ago when it comes to being a sports fan. Yeah. And it's almost easier when the team is bad right. to be a little bit more objective because when things are going good, you only see the good, and it's hard to get a grade on what your team actually is. So I think the same right. thing. When the Braves are bad – it's actually easy to analyze them more and see things
3: you in, take a, step a right. big
1: picture, yeah, than it is when they're good. Because when they're good, you're like, well, nobody can beat this team. And,
2: uh, th- this could actually be the year.
3: Yeah. But oh, when they're you mean,
2: bad, you know exactly why. You mean me and Notre Dame every year. basically <laughs> what you're referencing there. That's yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> this team's great. Oh, they just lost. Uh, wow. <laughs> How'd they get blown out by Alabama? How's that possible? Uh, so, okay. good. <laughs> Uh, so, great. let me ask you this question. Um, when it comes to, like, watching the Reds now, do, the fact that you write about them, does that impact how you watch? Like, I know for me, if I go to a comedy show now, I just sit there and analyze everything that's going on on stage. And I'm like, oh, that's how he got to that punchline. So does it change how you view a game? Like, I feel like you wouldn't even be able to go to a game and just sit back and relax and enjoy it at this point. You'd be, like, yeah,
3: yeah I, I some way around it. Yeah, um, as far as, like... What I'm trying to write about. Sometimes when I go, whether whether it's down to the ballpark or whether I'm just watching on TV, um, sometimes I have an idea in mind what I'm going to write about, and then it changes. Other times I get ideas when I'm watching the game. Sometimes it'll be like something I see on Twitter, and it's a spawn-off thing of something on that. You know what I mean? Like you get ideas from everywhere. Um, as far as going to the game and trying to just enjoy it, I'm usually pretty good about that, but I'm still I still like I'll, I'll see something. And then, like, I'll want to double-check it, like, with some of my friends or, like, on Twitter, or on Twitter. Like, did that happen or whatever? Or, like, I'll end up posting, like, three or four tweets, like, on just observing things. Not, I'm yeah. Typically, One one thing I've also tried to do, especially this year, just because the Reds have been so bad and I knew they were going to be bad, was trying to be more, not as negative, and just be more creative about pointing things out, even if they have a slightly negative tone. Yeah. Instead of, like, God, these guys suck. Even though I was never really that guy anyway. Or, like... <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or like having some, like, sick countdown every, each, each after each game. And now they're on pace for 104 losses, and now it's 101. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just try to be, like, not to be, like, that guy or just, like, you know, try to be more uniquely creative on Twitter because, like, anybody can say stuff like, oh, man, this team's awful or yeah. however many days are left inside the trade deadline or something like that. Just, like, I don't know. I have more respect for people on Twitter who are uniquely creative and, you know, can kind of ignite conversation or keep conversations going than just oh well rabble rabble
2: rabble yeah that's that's the red social media team for me i think those are the funniest people in cincinnati after the reds got no hit by uh Arrieta, the red social media team tweeted out the box score and the recap without a mention it, well it said uh Reds scratch across four walks against Arietta. and then there was another game where they lost like 17 to 4 and it was like Reds lose a uh, or Reds drop a close one to the the Rockies. (laughs) It was like, wait, it was all right. That's awesome. I mean, you might as well be
1: funny when things are going horribly wrong and they when it's a dumpster fire, just laugh at it.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, Grant, last question that I have for you, and this is probably my most important question for you: Mm -hmm. What's your favorite beer?
1: (sighs) On the spot, this way to go. He didn't bring notes for this, (laughs) Dick. Yeah.
3: Although I didn't bring this sweet pint of natural light, <laughs> just, to, just to troll you guys and your craft brewed, uh, I like it. I like it. Addiction it's the so, yeah, first I'm, I'm, time I'm controlled am, like,
1: on a beer on our show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I'm really not like. I mean you guys? Are, I have respect for anybody who like is into into whatever, and you guys are into your beer, so that's cool. Um, I really, I mean like I brought this natural as a joke. I really will drink. I really would drink this every night if I had to Bud Light. I mean, that's kind of like my go-to, but I do like, I mean, I have that the hustle, which you guys are drinking right now. Not to spoil the surprise or anything. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, think there's a no, surprise, yeah. but uh, that, is, that is good. They and, saw you them, know, the title of the I mean, the big reveal. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll pretty much drink anything, man. Like it's, I really don't to answer your no question. Way. I really All don't right. have a favorite. I mean, but my go-to is well, probably. Bud Light. Mike's gonna go piss in a cup, and uh, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna test that theory here yeah. in a minute.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, that's pretty much what Natty Light is. It's just somebody drank good beer and then pissed it out, and then it was <laughs> filtered. Like, oh, it there you go. Put it in a Natty Light can. <laughs> oh man. Well, you you are right, Grant. This week we are drinking Hustle by Rheingest. It's a uh, local Cincinnati brewery here. Fits the theme. Yep. That's how we it's do got it. Got a baseball
1: <laughs> stitching <laughs> on the can.
2: Whenever we can, we try to fit the theme. But this one. Was damn hard to fit the theme for whatever reason. Only because every, only everybody makes baseball beers for opening day, and then it's like, yep, oh, all right, yeah, and they forget that baseball season is nine months long. Kind of <laughs> like baseball fans in general. <laughs> right. Opening day! Oh shit, we got to do this 161
3: more times. I'm done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
2: yep. Well, so that's what we got this time. We we wanted to get uh, Cooperstown Ale by uh, Ommagang uh, Brewing Brewing. Uh, In Cooperstown, New York. Super excited for that one,
1: uh, potentially. Uh, And if we can one day, I would like to be able to track that beer down.
2: We'll find it. If any listeners are in the Cooperstown area and want to send us some uh, Cooperstown ale, we will gladly accept it and, uh, you know,
3: drink it. (laughs) because <laughs> that's what you do with the beer. On the bright side, you guys are drinking like 12 ounce counts of like Pete Rose's sweat right now because it's basically what Hustle loses, right? <laughs> yeah. well, We're going
1: to get to that, yep. but yes, Hustle by <laughs> Rheingeist happens to also be named and um, fashioned for... Charlie Hustle, Mr. Pete Rose. (laughs) I can't say that I was super excited to purchase this beer because of that I'm so
2: glad that you were due to to buy the beers this week and you had to buy this one just because of your hatred for Pete Rose. I struggled
1: to get a baseball-themed beer being this late in the season, and... You know, this was the third beer of choice because our other choice was to get
2: rounding third by Mad Tree Brewery. Correction, that was just the second one that I threw no, up. There, no, and you no, no, it was the second choice that I had
1: once I figured out that we weren't gonna have. Your the exact Hall of Fame
2: words one were, "Oh, we can't do Cooperstown." A rounding third it is because, you know, fuck Pete. That was the exact... Those were my exact words, but (laughs) this was the third
1: choice because of it. And just like in in many circles, Pete is an afterthought, and
2: he's just kind of there. So here we are. (laughs) Hustle. So Hustle, for those of you that don't know, if you haven't looked it up on Untapped yet, Hustle is a rye pale ale. This one clocks in at 5.6% ABV. So it's one that you can have more than one of uh, in a sitting without feeling too drunk which is good cuz that's what we're going to do. Yep, we're going to have quite a few of these over the the, the two part episode. While. Yeah, this is going to be a good time. So if you are looking for uh consumer can it you got to tune into the next episode to hear that because oh. we are going to wait on that <laughs> Your one. Your favorite part of the <laughs> show we're going to make you wait.
1: I just fast forward to see what they're going to say in consumer canon. Now you mean I got to go to the other episode I already gave them a listen for this shit. Yep,
2: two listens for one consumer canon. <laughs> Boom. That's how we're going to get our advertising dollars on this one. (laughs) Uh, But this one, so, I I mean, first taste of the hustle, and I've had it before, so this isn't a a surprise to me. Uh, Rheingeist is just known for hoppy beers. Like, this brewery makes some some hoppies. Rheingeist and Madtree in Cincinnati are, like, the hop breweries. They love their pale ales. Um, This one, it is, I mean, it's a rye pale ale, so obviously there's some hops to be expected. Um, But it's... it's not as bad as a lot of other pale ales. Well, are. this
1: was my first time drinking it, and I the first thing I said to Mike on first sip was, "Okay, this isn't nearly as hoppy as some of the other pale ales I've had yeah. because some of the other pale ales I've had, it essentially tastes like IPAs, and I, you know, kick them to the curb. There's nothing I, they, they'll do for me. But this one is a very smooth, light." Uh, pale Ale. And yep. so far, so good. We'll see how it holds yep. up over two hours. Exactly. So. That's going to be that's, the That's the real the test. test. Uh,
2: if you want to know, Reingeist recommends uh, what foods would pair with Hustle. And they say either Chinese five-spice stir-fry. And gambling. Or a spicy tuna. <laughs> gambling, because it's Charlie <laughs> Hustle. So make sure you're drinking this beer and gambling.
1: Have a nice <laughs>
3: swig of one while you're done by the track. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Bet you can't
2: drink just one.
1: <laughs> Man, I just
2: I love how much you hate Pete Rose. I absolutely love oh, it.
1: it. It sucks for me partially because I used to be a really staunch defender of him. I really thought at, at one point, you know, and it, it seems to coincide with having moved down here. Once I moved down here, and it just so happened that the stories have we gotten closer and closer to where we are now, got more ridiculous, and he more lies came out. So the more lies came out, the more I couldn't stand behind him. I still think from the standpoint of. The man is the hit king and baseball accolades, just period. He should be in the Hall of Fame, but then there's the old other side, and that's kind of tipped the scale to me. where I'm just like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I, I can't. I can't deal with all the lies. I can't <laughs> defend a man who constantly says, "Well, I didn't know this." It's just go away.
3: Grant, break the tie here. <laughs> I'm going to get disowned from my family if I say anything bad about Pete Rose. So. <laughs> that's fair. That <laughs> no, works for I me. Mean, I'll take the win. <laughs> well, and that's, the, that's
1: the thing. I, I, I don't even really – I don't want to not like Pete Rose because from a baseball fan perspective and a baseball lover, you know, it's like you can't talk about baseball and not respect what he did for the game. Right, no. But at the same time, him as a person, he's just shitty.
3: No, I will say this. Uh, I almost feel sorry for him at this point because um, – well until the Reds decided that they were going to induct him into their Hall of fame, which happened uh pretty recently um I felt more a little more sorry for him I feel like he's got some fulfillment from that, yeah, I think he's at peace with it with it now I mean he's like seventy five years old, so I mean kind of have to start making peace with some of the year right. things you've done and all of that um I think it kills him not to be around the game and be involved day to day, but you know, like I'm kind of on with Scott on this, I don't spend too much time feeling sorry for him. In, in, the respect that it's self inflicted. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's like you bet on baseball. Yeah, well, and
1: so. he he had so many chances, or has had so many chances to right. come clean and just own up to what he did. But every time it comes around, he hem off. It, it's a terrible comparison because you're talking about murder and baseball gambling, <laughs> but it's similar to OJ. You, you just want to look at him I had a like, you're just on there. I know, but just admit it. Just admit it, and then we can all move on, and we'll be fine. Look, we know you did it. It's fine. We're, we're okay with it. Just, <laughs> it, it, just say you did it, so we can all rest easy.
2: I love that you just put Pete and OJ in the same no, at the you know, same level. Two shades of the same color, <laughs> blood <Four> red. <laughs> well, look, we're gonna get into uh, the show topic this week. We're gonna skip upper deck. There's a lot that we want to cover on this baseball episode. That's why we made it a two part episode. So we're gonna skip upper deck for this uh, for this two parter and just get into what the problems are facing baseball. At this point, baseball at one point was the, the highlight sport in the United States. It was, it's our national pastime. People look at baseball very fondly. Everybody has fond memories of growing up, going to the ballpark with their parents, uh, catching their first game, trying to get that foul ball. There's all these nostalgic memories that go along with baseball, but what we're seeing now is that those aren't translating to fans in an adult age which then translate to less fans at a younger age, and it's just this vicious cycle. And Baseball just continues to drop. NFL gets all the ratings. NBA is up there. Um, college football. College football yeah. is huge. So I think if you look at it from the, the Not, aspect of sports, yeah. football is number one.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because I try to say – I try to make it, I try to help baseball out by saying, well, it's maybe third of the big four when you're just looking at professional sports. But that's only because I know college football is definitely more popular. Than yeah. It. So it actually falls even lower when you put the five in there. Right. So if you it, separate
2: out NFL from college football, then yeah. Yeah. If you're looking yeah. at it as a, a holistic, all right, football is number one. Basketball is up there. If you consider college basketball and, and the NBA yes, they're, collectively, they're up there. And then. Luckily, baseball is hanging on, beating hockey by a thread. At and this really, point. the
1: only thing with that is that Cana- or hockey still look at mostly as a Canadian sport. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's like the only thing that. Baseball yeah, we has talked. Going I mean, we
2: forward. talked about it in the hockey episode in, in our. Numbers of plays show how people feel about (laughs) hockey. Yeah, (laughs) it bared that out. So actually,
1: this will be a test to see how many listens the baseball episode gets versus the hockey episode. Can we
2: add both baseball episodes together? No,
1: (laughs) I think they have to stand on their own because that's the comparison right now. Is baseball more popular than hockey? Some could make the argument that it's not.
2: I'm sure some would make the argument that it's not as exciting as hockey, especially playoff hockey. People would argue that to the death. So we wanted to get into it. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about the problems that face baseball. Why is baseball slipping to this point that it is? Number one problem that I see, uh, they don't have Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking this topic (laughs) super serious right off the bat. Like, I got to be a dick to you to to start with. So let's let's get into it. Um, the, the one thing that I see come up a lot, uh, and Grant, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. The, the number one thing that people always say when they complain about baseball is that the season is too long. They right. say 162 is way too long for a season, then you add the playoffs in on top of that, and it's way too long of a season. Would you agree with that?
3: I would. Um, the only problem is you cut games, you cut gate receipts, and you cost clubs money. So that's not going away. I don't see it going away unless they – I'm not smart enough to figure out the financials on that and how they could figure out maybe to cut it down to like 150, 145, which I think would actually make a big difference. Give guys more off days, maybe start the season yeah. later, sooner. I don't know. Probably, probably cut it off later just so they could stop playing in November or whatever. But um,
2: <laughs> you, nothing, nothing says Thanksgiving time like the World Series, right? And, and those guys don't want
3: to. Those guys don't want to be playing meaningful games when they've been, you know, in, in 35 degree weather when they've been playing most of the year in like between like 50 degrees and. 80 degrees or whatever, at least in most parts of the country. But I would agree. I think the season is too long, and it kind of plays into the fact that baseball itself is kind of a drawn-out game anyway, which is kind of inherent inherently part of its beauty and a part of it what what makes it boring, right? So, but it, I, would <laughs> I like ag- the way you
2: put that. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. And it's, it,
3: but I, 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 again, money talks, especially in sports. And I just don't, off the top of my head, I don't see any ways they think they can cut games, especially since baseball is all about numbers and being extremely true to that and even though the home run records and all that stuff don't really meet as much anymore 162 games is still a round number that people I think feel good about at least the, the nerds do probably yeah and it yeah.
1: sucks because to me that really is the number one problem with baseball well it's 1a and 1b because it's length in both the length of the season and the length of the games and like grant said you can't There's not going to be a lessening of games. But in a perfect world for me, this is the way I've viewed it over the last few years as football has continued to grow in popularity is... Baseball would find a perfect time if they somehow could figure out how to mash the season in between when they start now, which early April is okay. You still have some parts of the country that are a little cold and it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. whatever. But you associate baseball with springtime and okay, April at the beginning is spring. So if you can say from April 1st until the end of August is when the season runs, I think you have a perfect time frame there. Because football begins both in college and the NFL right there at the beginning of September. So if your playoffs were starting for baseball when football was just getting started, I think that would go a long way into helping it. You'd shorten the season, and your most exciting time would coincide with the start of the most exciting sport currently. And I think that would help a lot. Now, I don't know how you get there. I don't know how you condense the season to do that. But if you cut off that last month of the season when, you know, generally everything's kind of decided with the way things are now. There's so many games. But if you cut off that last month, it becomes more exciting because in August, all of a sudden the pennant races start then. So you've got all of August that's exciting. And then, boom, playoffs start in September, beginning of football season. And you're competing with that rather than the – Non pennant races that are generally dragging out. I know with the added wild card, things have changed a little bit, but most of that stuff has been decided, or it's seemingly decided, unless you're the Braves and decide to collapse that last month. Uh, so, <laughs> Talk about I, self-loathing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it would. It, I think it would help though. That that to me is where they need to fit their niche, and I think it would go a long way in helping baseball. I'm if in favor
3: of – sorry, not to cut you off. I'm also in favor of anything to do with cutting off the 40-man rosters that expand in September, too, Oh, so. my God. I hate that. Yeah. I, uh, so. I hate I, the I like September
2: call-ups. I can't stand that. And I don't understand – It's a really different
3: game when, they, when that happens, yeah. too.
1: Yeah. I don't understand why for the last month of the regular season then that happens. And you've got all these confusing rules about who's eligible then for the playoffs and who you know can still play right. in all the games. And it's, it, it's, it's madness. Even yeah. for us baseball fans, it's crazy to f- – Follow who's on the 40-man roster and how that all works. And, and so that's another thing that you can eliminate. Just get rid of it. You don't need that. They play with 25 guys the other five months of the season. Why is it that the last month, all of a sudden, they nearly double that?
2: Yeah. I think you mentioned something, Scott, and I I have heard people say in the past that baseball needs to end when football is starting. And football does take over. Like we'll, you know, We'll admit that. Football Absolutely. definitely is king and football mm-hmm. dominates. I find it funny that football dominates when there's games one day a week with like one game on Monday night mm-hmm. and then baseball the rest of the week until college football on Saturday cuz let's face it nobody's really watching those Thursday night college football games unless you're a big time college football fan. The casual fan isn't watching the Thursday night or Friday night college football games. They're watching on Saturday. They're watching the NFL on Sunday. They watch Monday night football. You have Tuesday through Saturday or Tuesday through Friday of sports watching that people don't take advantage of baseball during that time.
1: Well here's where I disagree. It, it, and even not being a college football fan mostly is that at the beginning of the season I'm so starved for football that I actually will turn into those, watch those Thursday. Yeah, yeah you watch true. those Thursday yeah. games at the beginning and then that does cut into baseball. Whereas if baseball was having playoff games I'd be more likely to tune into those because they mean more than, yes, those Thursday night games and Saturday games that don't actually mean anything at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. So that's where I say baseball could capitalize on the fact that, hey, I know football is starting, and, yeah, it's popular, it's great, but our playoffs are starting. you you got you to pay attention to these games now. It's not the last month of the regular season that are seemingly meaningless for most of the teams. It's meaningful baseball, and I think that would be – it would be perfect. Like I said, I have no idea how you get there. And I, it, it, cutting games isn't going to be an option because of you know, money, but it, that to me, if you could figure out a way to condense the season and have your playoffs starting then, it would go a long way into helping baseball at least take some of that away
2: from football at the beginning. Let's just do more day/night double headers. Saturdays which, and Sundays are day-night doubleheaders, and then that condenses the season Which somewhat. is an
1: option. I mean, I, you know, I know they've talked about it. I, I would, I would be okay love with that. that. That'd be amazing. I would be okay with that even if it only happened ha- the second half of the season because you wouldn't necessarily have to do that the whole season yeah. to condense that last month. You're only talking about a month's worth of games. So you only have to make up that that's 15 days throughout the season where you have to have those day-night doubleheaders. So if you only wanted a man, say, after the All-Star break, we start doing that, there there you go. I know it
2: messes things up with, you know, the scheduling and you know, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series for mm-hmm. a team and the getaway yep. games and stuff. So there's logistics that would need to be figured out about that, but shit, that'd be awesome for a baseball fan to be able to be like, I'm gonna spend the entire day Saturday at the ballpark. I'm gonna go there for the noon game and then stick around and hang out for the seven o'clock night
3: game. That would be
2: fucking awesome.
3: Yeah, I wonder how the players would feel about that because, in essence, what you could do is you mentioned the weekend series stuff—you could play Friday night and then Saturday or whatever time—and then what you could do is if you did those day-night doubleheaders on Sundays, you could maybe eventually work your way down to eventually knocking off two series at the end of September, two or three series by just stacking them up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you'd eliminate a tri- couple of road trips, maybe extend right. home stands. Like it'd be interesting to—that's an interesting thought experiment for sure. I mean, I've never thought well, of it that's that what, way. Grant, that's,
2: that's what we do here at Craft Brew Sports. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we solve change problems, the world, right? <laughs> we,
3: we make it happen. No, but I
1: mean, that's that's le- legitimately a way of solving that problem without cutting the number of games. You still have the yep. same number of games, and you, you still, still get the to,
2: gate, especially yeah. with the day-night. You can't do back-to-back headers because you can't clear out a stadium and get new fans in. But a day-night doubleheader, you can clear out the stadium and yeah. bring in a whole new
3: set of fans. Yeah, The only one major roadblock I see to that is the Players Association say... Doing a study like, look, injuries are going to spike by making yeah. these guys play tw- two 9 inning games with a span of like 16 hours. And right.
1: what, what I mentioned before was that the length of the season is long, but the length of the games is also long. And mm-hmm. so you, if you have those games that go extra innings or the games that just run long naturally, all of a sudden you're bleeding into the time in between games. And yeah, that even causes if you're playing problems. at 1 o'clock
3: and 8 o'clock, it's still yeah. kind of close. Yeah,
1: it, it, you know, and if it goes extra innings, you're screwed. Everything's. Mm-hmm all of a sudden falls apart. So I understand where there's issues. I just feel like that's something that they could maybe figure out somehow. So what do
2: you think about going for a doubleheader, going to the college baseball rules, where in a college baseball series, if they play a, a regular game, it's a nine-inning game, but on a doubleheader day, they only play seven. That's how they, that's how they do it to... Eliminate kind of. the I mean, you're cutting out four innings total mm-hmm. uh, in in the course of the the day. So in the grand scheme of thing, I, I guess it's not that much cut out, right. but it still saves the players four innings, and then it shortens the game uh, somewhat from the the owner standpoint. They're not selling beer after the seventh inning anyway, so mm-hmm. they don't really care from yeah. the seventh to the ninth yep. inning. Because <laughs> let's face it. You're not making that much on the pretzels. You're making a shitload on the 9.50 beers that people are <laughs> guzzling Absolutely. down in the stands. Yep. So cut the game on uh, the, the doubleheader mm-hmm. days to seven innings and then go from there. And that shortens the time for the people that are there. And it allows you to stack more games. Fucking, we need to get Rob. Rob. Get him yeah, on the phone. Need to Call him us. A,
3: write him a memo. <laughs>
2: we're, we're, we're making
1: magic happen here, dude. You're, you're missing out on Somebody of this.
2: Tweet this him. Somebody's <laughs> tweet (laughs) Uh, Scott, you mentioned the length of the game. We started talking about it. Clearly, a huge uh, problem in baseball is how long these games take. MLB has taken steps to try to speed up the play, uh, but... Really hasn't done much. It's negligible in terms of it. basically about minutes. Yeah, game, <laughs> games are still going to last on average three hours, basically. And really, what they've
3: done, the stuff they've implemented is kind of stuff that should have happened anyway. It's just over the process of yeah. time, we, they've just kind of gotten more lax in enforcing this stuff. Like, hey, let's right. not lollygag in between innings. Yeah. Hey, let's, you know, don't take, you know, who was that? Uh, it was like Sean Casey and like uh, was Jeter and some other guys that would take like 20 seconds in between. And oh, oh yeah. Like, Stepping out and yeah. readjusting and like things. things. Yeah. And yeah. now you have to you're supposed to keep like one, one, uh, one foot inside the box unless you, there's like a foul yeah foul ball or whatever. So they're they're enforcing their own rules right. in order to speed <laughs> right. up the game. And I, think but it's, it's, I think I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think the games were shorter last year. Now I'm not sure if that's a product of like guys striking out at higher rates or whatever, you know, else maybe in included in that. But I think that is that is helping, but it's still you're you're still Baseball is an inherently boring, slow game. And yeah, that's and, yeah. and, and the people, whether you're short in a season, whether you're short in the actual games, you're still probably not bringing in the casual consumer who's like, let me get football and be like focused on everything, the action. That's like every – you get a new play every 15 seconds.
1: Well, and it's funny because even when the games are shorter, like even when I go to a game – because the game always seems shorter when you're at the game versus watching it on TV. No matter what, my mind goes to what Mike said – Three hours. It's a three-hour game, and yeah. it's almost like I look up. Oh, th- the game was only two hours, fifteen minutes. Well, that was quick, but right. it's still, it still it feels like in my mind we're going to three hours. That's where I put it, which is funny because if you look at NFL games, it actually ends up being right around three hours yeah, exactly. or you know, even longer right. for both college and NFL. So, and from an action standpoint, they have about the same amount of action time it's, in it's the game. It's a type of action, right? It's like yes. crack. It's yeah.
3: like the, it's the it's the constant influx of crack every every thirty seconds with a new play because you can yeah. see a big hit or it's a, it's much yeah. more of a highlight driven. It's you know, so quick, right? Exactly. It's quick twitch. It's you know the, the it's more of like you know the, people are impressed by the athleticism and and so on and so forth. And so it's that, that's, I, that's I, just a problem that baseball. only I'm, so I'm just going to say yeah, I
1: don't yeah. know that they that it can necessarily think, be fixed. I mean, you either enjoy baseball or you don't. I, it's funny because I I've always told people on... I tell them, "Hey, I'm a huge baseball fan. Like, how would that happen? Or how how is that even possible?" And I, I can't even explain to them what I what I enjoy about it because when I watch it, I actually think to myself, "God, this is born. This is born to somebody." <laughs> like I don't understand how it is that this it, it holds my yeah. entertainment. I am engrossed in it, but from an outside, if you dropped me on Earth and said, "Hey, this is you know what." X amount of people are interested in, I, I would understand how people say that that's God awful. That yeah. There's nothing really appealing to watching a lot of standing around, a lot of no action. I, I get it. But that's, that's just something that baseball just, you have to accept as a baseball fan or as somebody who's going to watch baseball, you know what you're going getting into it. It just, it is what it is. They, they cannot change who they are essentially.
2: Yeah. I think what, you guys make a great point with that. And there's actually a couple people that, uh, that have said that it, uh, Tim Donilon, uh super nice guy, he said that uh, it's still America's pastime. It's a thinking man's game. And people who want high-scoring, rigidly timed games should stick to football or basketball. And I think that's the other thing, too. There is no real time limit. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be a baseball umpire for a summer job. My dad was like, never do that because there's no clock.
0: Like, You're <laughs> yep.
2: stupid if you do that. Because you get paid by the game, not by the hour. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. I guess you, I guess you yeah. shouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, you could seemingly be there for 12 hours. You and only get and paid it, for one game. And you get 25 bucks. Sorry, game, <laughs> game ended.
2: And it was all the same. That's when the umpires are just like, yep, that's a strike. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's when coaches start getting thrown out. Uh, but they, Tim made the point that it's, a, it's a, the complexity of the game. Uh, And it's almost more of an intellectual game than some of the other sports that are out there. So if you look at it that way, if you step back and think, okay, baseball is this thinking man's game, we realize that the majority of people aren't necessarily the intellectual types. Uh, We've all seen the people... Walking around with the camo jackets and the Confederate flag flying from their truck, they're not necessarily the thinking type. So those people aren't going to want to sit down and figure out why they just did the double switch in the seventh inning. Yeah,
3: I would agree with that to an extent. At the same time, I think the intellectual comic comes from basically the baseball slower. You know what I mean? So there's more time yeah. to think. It's not like you know the the football coaches aren't like. That's true. Killing themselves. Yeah. Like, you know, exactly. It, it, so there's, it's, it's just a different type of intellect. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah.
1: Well, and because most of your, your average football fan or whatever can't actually diagnose a play and what goes on right. in the intricacies.
3: Because yeah. baseball is so slow, it's easier to explain, too. And that's also what I was going to get to is, is also part of its charms. It's a very social sport. You can actually have a conversation watching a baseball game if you're watching yeah, you a football can. game you got to be glued to the tv or you're probably going to miss something yeah. especially with or with basketball especially too yeah where it's where it's non-stop so that is that is part of it is a plus for baseball in the fact that you could explain something to someone that just happened because there's 10 to 15 seconds in between right. the pitch you know what i mean yeah. yeah
2: no i agree and we talked about that on a, a previous episode where we, we said that sometimes those people are dead wrong and you have to explain it to uh to help the the person who is completely clueless to be like, yes. no, you dumbass, that is not how that worked. Yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> it's it's
1: amazing how many baseball fans who will admit or self proclaim that they are baseball fans don't actually know the rules or how things work. In
3: baseball, is this a cue to get into my segue about hating the bunt? No, go for it. Yeah. (laughs) No, go go for it. I mean, because it's funny. I'm a. I've been sitting on that one, ready. (laughs) I've
1: been a very big. I am a very big baseball snob, and there's nothing more that upsets me than when the fundamentals of baseball aren't adhered to with just basic stuff. Yeah, like I mean, having a runner on third with less than two outs and not scoring a run is like the most unacceptable thing. I that I can possibly think of, but it, it unnerves me. Ever when that since, happens.
2: ever since Facebook on this day popped up, where you can see your past posts, I've, I didn't realize how much I posted about how pissed I would be when the Reds had runners on second and third with less than one out or less than two outs and, I, and they don't score every <laughs> pose is like are you fucking kidding me how do you not get a run there there's
1: so many ways to do
2: it so <laughs> many ways you have
1: to try not to score with a runner on third and less than you know with no outs i mean you it's, do. yeah
2: mm-hmm. Grant. so uh what's your take on bunts there man you're, you're pumped to say it so out let's hear. outlaw the bunt because nobody's good at nobody's good at it anymore. You know what I
3: mean? Oh, God, no. No, and, it's true. and that's, that's really not even what I'm getting at. It's just that bunting doesn't, actually decreases your chance of scoring run in most cases. Um, I found this random article from the Columbians in the newspaper in Washington State. And I'll just read from it real quick. It's a couple sentences. It says, uh, and I quote, From 1993 to 2010, if a team had a runner on first base with no outs, on average it would score .94 runs from that point until the end of the inning. If a team had a runner on second base with one out, the average was .721 runs from that point forward. So you bunt and giving up the out. You basically the whole point is you're giving up the out, right? Yeah. And so, and it's just in this you could turn up the numbers in any sort of way from different situations. And almost in every single case, the bunt is pretty much pointless unless, like, you're doing it to advance like a winning run to third base and you have nobody out. Then it's I think I think the numbers are actually close there, and I think squeeze right. Yeah, I think even yeah. and I think even then the numbers still say don't bunt. You know what I mean? But there's still. But it's this is one of the annoying baseball outages of like of, of the virtue of the bunt, right? And problem the part of the problem is it's taught from day one, basically when you get out of the coaches' pitches to learn how to bunt, even though nobody's good at it in the major leagues anymore. Yeah, and it's I mean I was no good at it in little league, and, right? and it's a favorite thing. It's in a favorite pastime of broadcasters, radio, TV, whatever, or just people like us just to rip on guys who bunt. But it's hard, especially when it's, like, 95 coming at you and they know you're bunting, especially when you're giving yourself up. All right, this guy's bunting, so let me just board 95 miles an hour right where his fingernails are curled around the the knob of the bat. You know what I mean? So it's easier said than done, but I just don't think – I mean, I'm not at the the ballpark every day. I don't know how much bunting practice is going on anyway. But even so, it's completely different in games. So just screw the whole thing. Let the guys swing away. You might as well just – just stop bunting.
1: Well, okay, so that brings up bunting. That brings up a whole topic in and of itself because bunting to me is inherently a National League thing.
2: I was going to say it's and a pitcher. I think
1: pitcher, it, I was going to say, and so when you think about bunting, you go National League, and National League doesn't have the DH, and the American League does. And this is one of those things where even within baseball, you have a disconnect where American League fans think get rid of the pitcher, and you just have the DH in both leagues, let's make a uniform, and me being a National League guy, and, and and just a baseball guy in general, even though I remember in Little League, you have the DH, but our when you're younger, the pitchers are some of the best athletes on the team, and that means they're the best hitters, so a lot of my friends I remember who were pitchers were our best hitters on the team, and so I could never understand when watching baseball on TV why pitchers were so terrible hitters, I understand now, but at the same time, I think that it's part of the game that it should be nine on nine. And while I enjoy the fact that DHs allow for the, some of these guys to elongate careers and have yeah, jobs, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and have uh, a, a place in baseball because you know all they can do is hit, and that's fine because hitting is also part of the game. But I enjoy the fact that the National League has the pitcher bat. Even if it means they're going to have to bunt because it's part of the game, but do you guys think that there should be a uniform rule one way or the other? do you think it should be dh across the board or do you think it should be a pitcher batting across the board and would that help like you know the casual baseball fan?
2: I don't know I mean there's a couple of people that point to the DH rule as a, a thing. I don't know if that necessarily helps bring in more audience or or detracts from an audience member from taking in the sport. I think the DH is uh I mean in my opinion I would say no DH. That's my choice but I'm also a National League guy. I think the problem is they they have a DH all throughout the minors. So mm-hmm. when these guys do right. end up getting to the pros if they, you know, once they get into the the pro it's like, "Oh, how can this guy not fucking hit?" Cuz you're right, Scott. It, the pitcher was always the dude that could hit and they hit all throughout their career until they get into the minor leagues and then it's like, all right, well, you don't need that anymore. And then they go to an, a, a National League team it's like, oh, shit. I, I well, unless you're that. Madison Bumgarner and Petition unless you're and trying to get bum- in the yeah, Right. right. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Man, bum. Uh, sorry, that's a whole different topic. We'll do an entire show about pitchers in the home run derby. No, we won't. You've bitched about it <laughs> so many times before. I think everybody knows where you stand, yep. so it's good. and that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, 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 Am of the essence of, hey, everybody that plays on the field should have to get up to the plate too. Now, some people point to the DH as, or uh, I'm sorry, the pitchers uh, batting as slowing down the game because then you do get into those late innings. You do get into the double switches where coaches are, are making crazy movements trying to avoid their pitcher from batting. So I can see that from that perspective of trying to speed up the game somewhat. But again, I think that's negligible. I don't think it adds that much time to do a double switch or bring in somebody else yeah. to avoid having to bat. So I would say no DH, but I, again, I don't think that's necessarily something that would bring in fan. Like, if, if tomorrow they announced, hey, the National League has a, a DH, I don't think people are going to be like, really? I'm going to go buy a ticket to a Reds game now. <laughs> like, that's not going to be the difference. Well, I understand you know? what
1: you're saying, but over the long haul and over the overall picture... Because there's DH, there's more offense, and that's what brings in the fans. You're Not right. necessarily yeah. the fact that there's a DH, but the fact that there's another hitter only that then is going to make more runs. I mean, I, I have to admit, the, there's more runs scored in the, nation, or in the American League. You can't deny that. The numbers bear that out, and the numbers say it's because of this DH. But to me, that doesn't make it any better of a game just because there's more runs scored. But to the average person, that's what it takes.
3: That would be such a game-changer if the you NL know, put that in. Because you're not only creating a whole new position, you're creating a whole new salary structure, basically. But it's also only really worth it if you have a good, at least league average hitter playing DH. Yeah. And 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 it it would take financially a while to get there. Right. And exactly. It would take probably like at least five, six years. Yes. Um, And also, I mean – as much as we joke about it, like a guy like David Ortiz, hey, all he does is show up and anything he hits. It's harder than you think because you're sitting. You're sitting for you're basically a bench player for half the right. game, right? You're yeah. sitting on the bench. You got to stay warm. You got to keep focused. And I know there's all these cliches about you know I get tired of hearing them too cause from you know talking to athletes and stuff like that. But you really do have to focus in and like stay within yourself. <clears throat> Otherwise, you're just going to go up there and you're not going to be if you're not paying attention. If you're just like yapping it up or whatever, you really have to kind of remain kind of still immerse yourself in the game even though you're not really in the game for half of it.
1: Yeah, and that's why I say I respect the DH cuz it's not as yeah. if it's just some guy who can, you know, wake up in between at bats and just go up there and right. you know, hit and it's just that easy. But at the same time, I respect the fact that it's a 9 on 9 and the pitcher is out there, you know, busting his ass on the mound and then he's got to get in there and take his hacks. And whether or not he's capable of hitting a home run like Mike Hampton or Madison Bumgarner or any of those guys, or he's only up there to flail the bat and, you know, hope maybe accidentally bunt one down the line and have a productive out, but That that's part of the game, too, because there's strategy involved in that, and I, I like that about baseball. But again, I'm not the casual fan, so I almost lean towards if it would bring more viewers in and more popularity to it, I hate to say it, and I thought a good fight forever, but if it meant more people watching the game, I would actually rather them just go DH across the board, because like you said, Mike, it's in the minor leagues, it's in little leagues, it's in all the lower levels, so why is it different at the highest level? It doesn't make sense. So there's two different rules. It needs to be one or the
0: other.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the the heart of the argument isn't necessarily DH or no DH. We can debate that forever. And depending on who you're who you watch, who you're a fan of, that's going to determine your. We can stance make a whole that. show out of that. Yeah, you could you could uh, you could argue either way, and I could argue either way. I could sit here and tell you why I think the DH would help, and then I could sit here and be like, yeah, but it also sucks because of this. Um, but i think the the main thing comes down to what you just hit on scott it needs to be uniform against uh, across the board i think it's weird that just one league has it and the other league doesn't well i and, didn't
1: uh, until things got to where they are where everybody plays everybody and it's interleague every day and yeah, there exactly. is no you know these guys are getting traded in between leagues it used to be that in baseball you played an entire career in one league and you had pride in that league and you had no idea how the other side operated until you got to the world series where they met and that made it so much more competitive because of it. but now the way things are in baseball where everybody plays everybody and it's uh, you know everything's interchangeable you need to have the same rules across the board it can't be uh, just because one home team's in this league and one home team's in that league, you change the rules. It has to be uniform because of the way things are now across. And that's the heart world.
3: of it, right there, too, because not because different teams play a different amount of games. Not only against, I think I think everybody plays roughly about the same interleague wise, but some teams have more home games than others. So you have more some AL yeah. teams getting the DH, and then the AL yeah. teams aren't used to it, vice versa. So it's a competitive disadvantage thing too.
2: I think interleague needs to go away. I would be fine with that. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I used like,
1: to love Interleague when it first started.
3: I, it, was, it was all it was about nice, it. No, it was a nice novelty for a while. Yeah,
1: yeah and that's the problem. The, a lot of the suggestions I think of or things that uh, I could do or say that would change it to make it more appealing to the average fan, they're novelties or they're things that would only spike um, attendance or viewership. For a little bit, and then it would go back to the norm. So I don't. A lot of the things that we're proposing, I don't have a an answer to that could have sustainability, and that sucks.
3: I think the interleague stays because it's a, it's the opposite kind of novelty, right? It brings stars that fans aren't used to seeing to towns that don't normally get to see them, right? Instead of seeing like instead of an extra series against the Brewers, you get maybe you get an extra you get a series against the Yankees or the Red Sox or something like that.
2: You know, you you make a good point there, Grant, and uh, I think that kind of leads me into my next point, which uh, I know we're getting close to the hour here, but I I think it's something that Bear's talking about. Because people can't necessarily see all of these other players, I think we do away with the MLB blackout rule altogether. Because I think it's ridiculous that I can pay for the Sports Time Ohio package here in Cincinnati, but I can't watch an Indians game because I'm not in their market. So I think we're getting to this point where we have so many regional broadcasts and there's so much available on, on TV and, and uh, you know, TV. You can get every Fox Sports Network, but half of it's blacked out because you can't watch the Tigers. You can't watch whoever's on the West Coast tonight because you're not in their market. MLB is driving people to the At-Bat app, which I get. I understand it's a, a cash cow for them. And they have lessened the restrictions a little bit. Fox Sports now is allowed to broadcast uh, in-market games. You can watch it on your phone or your tablet or whatever. But that's for those fans that are diehards. like Fans like us are going to be the ones that buy the bad app. The casual fan isn't going to be the one. Right. But the casual fan is going to be the one who tunes in to see Madison Bumgarner pitching or they tune in to see uh, Mike Stanton jack a bunch of home runs in Miami that they can't watch on a regular Tuesday night. So I think I don't know. I'd like to hear what you think about the MLB blackout rule.
3: I mean, it's convoluted, right? I mean, I have cable, so I don't I don't have any problems with it. You know, normally, um, the only time I ever run into it is when like you know the the Reds are playing a random day game and they're not broadcasting on an FS and it's like MLB I Network, MLB <laughs> Network, and then it's like there was one like a, a couple weeks ago where they were. There's another game going on, and we had to wait for that game to end before the Reds broadcast picked up. That's ridiculous.
2: I hate I, that.
1: I, hate I it really
3: mean, so much. It, it, you would think the core of it would be the MLB would do whatever, whatever is most convenient and best for their fans, regardless of the financial arrangement involved, but of course that's not the case. There's, the, the Dodgers are still embroiled in some kind of maybe you know more about this since, you, since you're still on TV, Scott, but um, where some of their, a lot of their games are being blocked, I think it's on Time Warner. Um, yeah, it, so, well, so it, people it got have been really de- crazy there de- for a little while. De- people have been deprived of Vin Scully for like four or five years now. Because, yeah, in L.A. Because the, the Dodgers had that big TV deal like four or five years ago, right, when Magic Johnson mm-hmm. and his group brought the, brought the Dodgers and changed the whole whole game out there. But now, but yeah, yeah. It, so
1: locally, you couldn't even watch the Dodgers if in, you were in certain, par- in certain
3: parts of LA. Yeah. and in Southern some California. Parts could, some parts you could, some parts you couldn't.
1: It was it was nuts, but it was because of those regional TV deals and the local yeah. TV deals conflicting with one another, and then the MLB blackout rules conflicting with all of it, and it made this big hairy mess. And
3: it which is ironic because those local and regional television deals are what basically is keeping baseball afloat, like money wise. Because, yeah. it's, it, because it's a niche sport now, right? Like this is kind of tying back to what we talked about earlier. Baseball's a niche sport. Nobody's watching it nationally. Nobody's tuning in to Sunday night baseball or yeah. Wednesday night baseball or the Saturday game or the Sunday afternoon games on TBS to watch whatever whoever the hell's playing. They're watching they're watching their teams that they grew up watching playing. Yeah. They're watching the Cardinals fans are watching Cardinals games and so on and so forth. But the I'm I'm interested to know when that T V bubble's gonna burst. Like I think the Reds I don't think they've signed their new local T V deal yet. I'd be interested to see how much of an increase they're going to get <clears throat> just because they're very strong. Their footprint's still very strong. Yeah. But even if it's – you know even if the national brand of baseball is sort of withering away a little bit. I think the national brand fails, and I think people stop watching those Sunday
2: night games and the Wednesday night games because it's just ESPN shoving the Yankees and the Red Sox down your face the entire season long. Like, they just cater to the big markets, which I get from the perspective of, hey, we need to pull in as many fans as we can – so let's these showcase are the ones that these. Draw yeah, these are, yeah, the big, yeah these are the big. These are the big. They must have fans. no choice. Yeah. So I, I understand from their perspective why they do that, but from the fans' perspective, it's like, man, I'd I'd love to see more Sunday night games here in Cincinnati. <laughs> it's like, funny. It'd be great. It, it all kind of
1: goes back to what we were saying about our individual teams and when they're good and when they're bad and being more objective. Uh, I used to watch every single Sunday night, Wednesday night game. And this was when the Braves were really good and they were on national TV every day, and yada, yada, yada. Maybe it's because I've gotten older and I have less time and I have, you know, I focus more on just seeing what the Braves are doing and then everything else kind of filters out. Now, I, I probably watch more of your generic game than the average person because, hey, at bats. Allows me to watch any games that I want. Yeah. I enjoy listening to Vin Scully. Now, after this season, that's gone away, so I, I would never listen to Dodger broadcast. But I, w- <laughs> I used to go home from work, and it's like, hey, there's nothing else on, but there's a West Coast baseball game or there's three or four West Coast baseball games that are just starting. Let me tune into this just because I can. Well, as things have gotten, I guess, bigger and more accessible like that I've watched less and less whereas before I don't know I used to watch the Saturday and Sunday night games when there was less available the more that's become open to me the less likely I am to do do that I don't I don't know what that is I don't know what that says but it was different when I couldn't access those things
2: so you're just blowing my theory out of the water basically you just you just (laughs) shit all over it you're like well now that i have the ability to it i don't do it so fuck you mike no
1: i mean it's just it's just weird because when when i wasn't able to see um you know i i don't know what type of matchup you would say you know so so rarely is a sunday night game gonna be now it's different but when we were growing up rarely was a sunday night game gonna feature kansas city and say the marlins those are yeah. two teams that are not going to draw anybody in. Well, now that, you know, Kansas City is the defending World Series champion and, you know, the Marlins have Stanton and they got a couple watchable players and a, a young core. That's a that's a matchup that could potentially be on a Sunday night game just because of how many games are are available otherwise. But I'm less likely to tune into it now because I have the ability to. Like that would be a matchup I would have watched when it was just oh hey it's on Sunday night uh, l- let me watch this. this these are two teams I otherwise wouldn't get to see but if I can tune into the at bat app and see that game whenever they're playing and it happens to be you know on a Tuesday and I want to see those two teams match up I can so it's kind of it's kind of hard for me because I I, 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 I have the ability to watch so many games and it's there but I don't want to. Like or I don't have time. Do you like think I said,
2: you do you think you don't want to because you have that ability and you can watch those? But really, with the app, ad app, you can really only watch them from like your computer or your phone. Like, do you think if you can? No, because sit I have down, the. Uh, uh, I have the ad bad
1: app on my TV, so I can watch wow. them on my oh, TV. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize. So, you fancy? <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to be. You fancy? A, over a, here. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I'm I know sitting that it's over here on my phone, phone, like, hey, I yeah. really want to watch well, this and, game, but it's really hard to see. That would certainly <laughs> restrict it. But there was times when that actually worked. I had the TV in the living room and had the laptop just in my room hey, I'll just fire up the laptop and this works out great. I can only watch it on my t- my laptop, fine. But then you, you have smart TVs. Now I can watch it on my TV or I can watch it through my PlayStation. I can literally watch it anywhere I want to. And I I fired it up. The other night I was watching the Home Run Derby on my phone in, you know, in my bedroom.
2: You know, that's how I normally watch at bat because I'm not fancy. I don't make the big bucks like you do, so I don't have that smart <laughs> Jesus TV. I, I get my phone out and I'm like my wife wants to watch something so i pull out my phone and i watch it on my phone and i'm like this is the wor-. I'm I'm sitting here looking at a 5-inch screen trying to follow along this game and it's it's really hard to do it's five awful 5-inch screen okay you need to get a new phone bro.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean 5-inch screen i, I just let, told you i don't up. have a smartphone. i know you, <laughs> <This is> 1995 <laughs> or I, I was like wait a minute it's one thing to not have a new tv i get that but wait a minute you have a 5-inch phone too jesus dude we gotta we gotta get a fund uh get a go a GoFundMe account. We're gonna start that the this week for Mike. Um if you could go fund Mike uh Berlon to get his uh so baseball game Yeah thanks man. Uh, Step appreciate his baseball that. game up. I'm yeah. I'm on your side,
2: bro. I know I, I I'm appreciate on your side. It. I'm gonna stop talking the rest of this episode, <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> But anyway, we've
1: diverged way off topic, but as we often
2: do on yeah, Craft roots Sports.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, back to kind of what I was saying before. It's it's tough to say whether or not uh, what has really hurt the whole regional talk about baseball because I've heard that, and I, you know, I, I feel like I watch a bit more baseball. And again, I say that from I, maybe I had more time back then. Maybe it was easier to watch. Baseball, whenever the hell I wanted to, and three hours was nothing. Now, you know, watching baseball is tough because, for me, even with the Braves, I'll look and see. All right, the game started. Well, I might be able to catch a couple innings, but I know I'm not going to stay up till eleven to see the old thing. So, what's the point of catching a couple innings? And screw it, I'll just. I, I, you know, I always check out what happened the next day, or I have the updates on my phone. But sitting down and watching a nine inning game is tough. You know, for my team. Let alone, you know, the other twenty nine teams. You know, it's (laughs) for a second there, I
2: thought you were saying it was tough just to watch the Braves for nine innings. (laughs) Oh no, it certainly
0: is.
1: It's right now. It is tough. It it takes resilience and strength. Uh, I had watched the first complete game in in, in a while back on. You know, this is going back a few weeks now, but uh, the uh, Fourth of July was the first time I watched a full game after the first few weeks of the season where it felt like I watched every game for a little while there, and I sat down and watched it, and they lost, and I felt like, well, I just wasted three hours, but hey, at least I got to see them play, uh, you know, that that's how I felt about it, it's yeah. its tough to do, but they're still my team, so I would dedicate that to them, whereas, you know, other games, I'm not going to spend that much time on anymore, I, I tune out, I don't have time to sit there and watch a game that's not, not interesting, and You know what, for as much as they try to promote it and sell it, and they want, you know, at one point, I would have been the target demographic or target audience for a Red Sox Yankees Sunday night matchup because. Just hate the Yankees? Yeah, well, I know it was, but I mean, both teams were really good and they were both really competitive, and that was something that I, as a baseball fan, well, you know, these, these matchups matter because they weren't playing each other 15, 16 times a year. Then the the, way the scheduling changed and everything moved, and, and now they play each other a billion times, and it's like, wait, when aren't they playing each other now? That's what I want to know. When, when aren't the Yankees or Red Sox playing each other? I'll tune into a game then. <laughs> when, when, when is Baltimore playing somebody? Because as far as I know in the, the AL East, it's just those two,
3: you know. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, man. (laughs) (laughs) I think that just just goes back to like, I.
2: It goes back to just ESPN and whatever, shoving it down our throats. Because if you really, it's no different than any other team playing an in league rival. Like I. I don't look at the Reds and, and I'm like, man, they're playing the Cardinals again. Like, it doesn't feel that way because I'm in the season and I'm watching. But because ESPN is shoving it down your throats every time the Yankees and the Red Sox play, and you've got to watch it every Sunday night, like that's the only thing on every Sunday night. It's like, all right, well, why don't, don't they play anybody else?
1: But I gotta say, as a non you know National League Central fan prior to living in this city, before they adjusted the schedule and moved everything around so everybody played everybody. It felt like the Brewers and Astros and Red or uh, Cardinals were here every single day.
2: I miss the Astros.
1: Oh. God Every every time I got Taked to a missed, Reds game the or something. the Yeah
3: that helps, Exactly When in 2010 They just beat the hell Out of the Pirates And the, yeah. the Astros and the <laughs> That Cup. was the best <laughs> Yeah that was like 70 of their wins Right there
1: it, it felt like those teams Were here every single day Or they were playing those I, I, I'm glad the unbalanced Schedule made it So that they aren't Playing those same ones Every day That's where I think There's a little bit Of a benefit And that's only It, it wasn't anything That the Reds did It wasn't their fault There were five teams In that division So they had to match up with each other more frequently just because of the nature. Oh, okay, yeah, it was six, yeah. Yeah. And so they had the most of any division and it was unbalanced and it made things, it felt like, did the Reds ever play anybody else but the NL Central? And it was crazy, but, you know, that's, like I said, that's from an outsider's perspective of Damn, these teams seem to be playing each other one yeah. all the time, just like the Red Sox and Yankees, but So maybe that's just market. it if
2: you're out of market, it seems like it's constant. But when you're in market, it's like, oh no, that's just normal. That's mm-hmm. just how it goes. I don't know. Well, we have barely scratched the surface here uh on part 1 of uh what baseball needs to do to get better. Um, so we 've got a lot more that we want to cover on this we 're going to hit on a lot in part two so far all we 've talked about is just basically a couple rule changes and some t v stuff. I want to get into what the the teams need to do at the stadium. I need to talk about uh you know some of some of the things you posted, we asked you guys on Facebook what you thought baseball needed to do, uh, so we want to get to some of those as well. Those are coming and, up on part two and as well.
1: Most importantly, Grant and I have a uh, long, ongoing discussion. But, uh, that we've had on Twitter And really since we've known each other About the unwritten rules in baseball Oh shit And, <laughs> <laughs> and the things that baseball players do And we're, we're going to get into
2: that I promise I can't wait to hear both of your takes on that That's Well gonna I think be... you're going
1: to be a little bit surprised I think Grant might be a little bit surprised though too i softened my really? stance on this Yeah, I do not change my his... mind often But stay tuned <laughs> It's coming your belts.
2: Awesome uh, Well thank you guys for tuning in to part one of our baseball episode Here on Craft Brood Sports Uh, As always you can follow us on Twitter At Craft B Sports You can follow Scott at Scotty K underscore junior Follow me at Mike Berlon Grant what's your Twitter handle man
3: It is Grant G R A N T and freaking F R E K I N G.
2: Man, you even spelled it. You are a goddamn professional here. I <laughs> love and it. You
3: got you to gotta spell out freaking because the a there's no a. <laughs> so otherwise, people are just going to be searching some stuff, searching weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <I mean? laughs> where can uh, where can people read your stuff, Grant? Uh, mostly doing stuff for Cincinnati Magazine right now. So CincinnatiMagazine Plug okay. my name into the search bar. That's where you'll find most of my stuff, or on Twitter. Awesome.
1: And he writes great shit. I'm not saying that it is just a friend. I love the articles that Grant
2: writes. They're awesome. Good. That's great. Uh, so check Grant out. Check us out. As always, if you've got a topic you want us to talk about, if you've got a beer you want us to drink, hit us up, uh, craftbroodsports at com. Make sure you tune in to part two of this episode where we uh, delve a little bit deeper into some, uh, some issues facing baseball, and then we talk about consuming or canning both hustle and and baseballing. You got to figure
1: out whether or not we can this beer. Come back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. We'll we see you out. next time.